0: The news cycle is constant and it can be difficult to actually follow along with what's happening. The thing is, we don't have a good understanding of consciousness at all. So I'm trying something new this week. I hope we get past the financial speculation of of Bitcoin. I'm going to do a little update on some of the previous topics from the last few weeks because a lot has happened in a short amount of time. And this was user-generated content, so anybody in the world with an iPhone could videotape a sex act and upload it. Now, there's no guest this week, but I promise you there's some good news. But with with nuclear weapons continuing to exist, we're not actually establishing true peace and security. Mixed in with everything else. I'm Jacqueline Swan, and this is Technality a podcast that explores technology and the future we're headed towards. And today, I'm trying not to get swept away by the news cycle. On August 1st, 2022, Putin said, We proceed from the fact that there can be no winners in a nuclear war, and it should never be unleashed. And we stand for equal and indivisible security for all members of the world community. A strikingly different tone than the one he's had these past few weeks. Weeks of him threatening to use his nuclear arsenal. You know, again, I think it's, uh, it's unhelpful and dangerous uh, for, uh, to, to rattle sabers uh, and speculate uh, about the use of uh, nuclear weapons. It was U.S. Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin in Germany earlier today, blasting the latest rhetoric coming from Russia. The stance comes across like he's admitting nuclear war isn't on the table after all. In the episode, Dismantling Nuclear Arsenals, I spoke to Monica Montgomery about nuclear arms proliferation. And one of the questions I asked was, is it reasonable to fear nuclear war right now? There have been many incidents throughout history where it's been close to failing. So long as nuclear weapons are around, they will be used one day. There is this risk. The war in Ukraine is still happening. Russia is losing its troops and running on reserves while Ukraine is supplied by the world. Desperation might kick in. It really only takes one missile over the Russian border to set off a nuclear plant or a stray bullet into NATO territory to trigger a World War III. Obviously, that's not the good news. It's just a reality we face, and one that we as a society should consider more when talking about the proliferation of nuclear tech. As a result of the war, Finland and Sweden have decided to finally join NATO. Finland and Sweden will be warmly welcomed into the NATO military alliance. That was the message from all NATO foreign ministers at a meeting in Berlin, except for one. Turkey has made objections, saying the Nordic nations are hosting what it calls terrorist organizations. A decision that both countries had been adamantly against until they saw what happened with Ukraine. But while Putin may say nuclear war isn't an option, I take it with a grain of salt. Because if Putin does decide to use nukes in Ukraine, Ukraine doesn't have any nukes of its own. And what that might signal to other countries who also don't have their own nuclear arms arsenal is to build their own. Something that Monica is trying to prevent. He did what we all must learn to do. You and you and you and you. And, you. Yep. <laughs> and cover. A lot is happening in the world of porn, a topic we don't speak about which has allowed a company to make billions off of sexual exploitation. It's a world that I dive into too with Lila Micklewaite in the episode Standing Against Pornhub. And I began to connect the dots with stories I was seeing in the media, like the 15 year old girl from Florida who had been raped and abused and found in 58 videos on the site and was finally located in others. And I began to connect the dots and I decided I felt compelled that I had to sound the alarm on what was going on on this site. Now the episode isn't anti-porn, it's anti-profiting off of sex trafficking. Something that has gone on for, unfortunately, way too long. But since I spoke to her, a lot has happened for the better. The CEO and CEO of MindGeek, the parent company of Pornhub and other tube sites, abruptly stepped down. They do remain shareholders, however. The company is trying to fight the bad press, but more people are coming forward to file lawsuits and tell their stories about being let down by the moderation team. 34 women's stories are included in the latest lawsuit against the Montreal company behind Pornhub. One of the plaintiffs, we agreed not to identify, says she found explicit videos of herself, including sexual assault, uploaded to the site without her consent. In one case, a judge ruled that Visa must remain a defendant in a CP lawsuit against Mangi. The case was brought forward by a woman who in 2014 had a video of her at 13 years old posted without her consent to the internet. And Visa knew that MindGeek had content like this on its site, but continued to process transactions for the site anyway. So the judge ruled that Visa was part of the case. Now, it's difficult to moderate and regulate the internet. Especially nowadays, anyone, anywhere can upload anything. But that doesn't mean it should knowingly be supported, especially knowingly processing the transactions. Hopefully this case and similar ones set a precedent for how companies are held accountable online. Standing against Pornhub is one of my favorite episodes and incredibly eye-opening. But listener discretion is advised for that one. The Google engineer who claimed that the company's conversational AI software Lambda was sentient has been fired. This is a fascinating story we have for you of a senior... Google engineer who says one of the company's artificial intelligence systems has become a sentient being and was thinking and reasoning like a human being. LeMoyne breached his confidentiality clause when he contacted the government about Lambda and hired a lawyer for the chatbot. He believes that the AI is sentient and that Google should ask permission before running experiments on the bot. LeMoyne had had what he believed to be actual conversations with the chatbot. He went so far as to publicly publish parts of these conversations as evidence. A move that breached contract and led to his suspension before his subsequent firing. But look, there has been massive pushback from not just Google, but other people who've worked at Google. Yep. AI ethics experts, even, even your own former colleague, Margaret Mitchell, who's pulled mm-hmm. pushback on the work that Google's doing in AI, saying no. This, this computer is not a person and does not have feelings and is yeah. not conscious. How do you respond to that? Well, so I highly respect Meg. We talk about this regularly. It's not a difference in scientific opinion. It has to do with beliefs about the soul. It has to do with beliefs about rights and politics. As far as the science goes of what experiments to run and how to work at building a theoretical framework, because that's important, there is no scientific definition for any of these words. Mm -hmm. The philosopher John Searle calls it Mm pre-theoretic. We need to do very basic foundational work to just figure out what we're talking about when we use these words. That's work that Google is preventing from being done right now. Now, in the episode Contemplating AI Sentience, I speak to Stephen Marsh about the possibility of AI sentience. The thing you have to remember about all this technology is that all it is is text prediction software. All it does is try and compute what word makes sense next. Talking about it having consciousness because it can talk is sort of like saying that a pocket calculator has consciousness because it can do math." And he makes some really good points against why this can't happen, and why AI can probably never gain sentience. I mean, we don't even really know what sentience looks like for us. It's something that philosophers have been thinking about for centuries. So whether you're familiar with the topic or not, it's a great episode to understand why Lemoyne's claim is probably false and why future claims about similar AI robots coming to life might not be true either. Because I'm sure there will be theories that he was fired to silence him for revealing the truth, but really this just seems like a case of him breaking an NDA. So Google created an artificial intelligence project, which it called Lambda, and it was designed to generate chatbots. Chatbots are the things you see when you go online, you know, a little box pops up. Can I help you? Can I, you know, book your flight? Can I, can I advise you? That sort of thing. Google wanted to make them as realistic as possible. It's spent about five years now creating this. Bitcoin is still on the decline. What I'm saying is that Bitcoin is the means by which people became familiar with cryptocurrencies and blockchain and Web3 and it served an incredible purpose right now. But me, as a researcher in blockchain, me as someone that's really interested in where Web3 is going to become in the future, I hope we get past the financial speculation of, of Bitcoin and we get on to this incredible dem- democratization and peer-to-peer and these amazing potential potentialities of Web3 and maybe 10, 15 years from now, these potential use cases will have been fulfilled and we won't talk about Bitcoin so much. As of August 8th, 2022, the price of Bitcoin is $29,636.95 USD. It peaked at 63,558 USD on April 12th, 2021. Bitcoin declining after reaching the highest level since mid June on Saturday amid optimism that the market may have recovered from its worst levels. This is obviously not everything I've spoken about on the podcast, and there's been some interesting movement in the other areas. But I'd love to know what you'd be interested in hearing about next the future of food, DNA editing, monitoring climate change events. Send me a message on our Technality socials. I'd love to hear from you. Oh, for the next few weeks, I'll be abroad. Hopefully during my travels, I'll be able to do some in-person interviews with experts. Until then, thank you for listening to Technality, a Narcity Media production. It's hosted and produced by me, Jacqueline Swan. To stay up to date on your future, subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. And for more future content... Follow technology socials.